Welcome to State Scoop's Government IT Podcast, uh, brought to you today by Tanium. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and in this episode, we want to focus on the importance of cybersecurity hygiene and some best practices uh, to help keep systems more secure. Our guest today is David D'Amato. David is uh, Chief Security Officer at Tanium. Uh, he provides both strategic product direction uh, for the Tanium platform and also manages the company's internal security program. And prior to joining Tanium, um, he had served uh, most recently as Managing Director at Mandiant, a FireEye company, where his team led incident response uh, and post-breach remediation efforts at over 100 Fortune 500 companies, so uh, uh, certainly a lot of credentials to bring to the call. Uh, to, David, uh, welcome to the program. Uh, appreciate your being here with us. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me. So um, let's get started. Uh, cybersecurity is not only central to CIO's IT strategies, it's, it's crucial to agencies' overall missions and their business operations. And as such, there are a lot of components to consider in keeping on top of cybersecurity uh, and best practices, but one of them uh, is being systematic about cybersecurity hygiene. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what cybersecurity hygiene means and uh, why is it so important? Yeah, I think a lot of people hear the word security hygiene and uh, they, they think it's a boring topic. It's not relevant. Uh, it also doesn't get a lot of press coverage simply because there's a lot of interesting attacks and novel attacks that are out there today. Um, but I can tell you from my, my decade of experience in responding to uh, not only a lot of breaches that you read about in the news, uh, but a lot of breaches that were never made public, that hygiene was behind uh, much of the issues that, that led to the breach. And security hygiene, its most basic standpoint is really, really the most basic components of a security program, um, the foundations of security that really enable you to defend and detect against uh, most attacks. And without those basic principles, uh, there's really, it's really very difficult to be able to identify um, and protect against attacks. These include things like uh, patching, asset management, configuration management, and um, incident management, which are all components that are relatively well-defined by organizations like NIST and the federal government, uh, the SANS Top 20, and multiple other organizations that have defined best practices for information security. But um, despite being very basic, they're very difficult to implement because they're very process-intensive. Um, I'll give you an example of why most organizations fail in these areas. And it's pretty broad. Uh, it's not applicable really to one industry. It's really across many different industries. Um, you look at uh, an incident I responded to a number of years ago, which is a very large organization. They had hundreds of thousands of endpoints or devices or computers. And I walked in the first day and I asked, how many, how many computers do you have? And it's a very simple question and one that most individuals think would be easy to answer. But for most organizations, it's difficult. And for them, they, they could answer how many computers they had, um, but they were unsure by the number by about 150,000 computers. So give or take 150,000 computers. That's what they sort of told me. So, um, and that's not uncommon. I'd walk into organizations all the time, and they would say, we have 50,000 computers. We think, we think maybe 10 to 15,000 more or less. Uh, and this is pretty consistent. So... You know, how can you secure an environment or your organization if you can't even see it, right? If you, you don't know they exist and you can't see what's on it. And so having real-time visibility into every single device and being able to make informed decisions based on that data is really critical 
for security leaders to build a successful security program. Um, just as it's critical for a general to have some information uh, on the battlefield before they enter into some sort of conflict, right? You, you wouldn't just blindly run into a battle before assessing the situation. And so a lot of organizations today aren't assessing that situation beforehand, and they're making the wrong decisions and investing the wrong budget uh, for things that they may that may or may not exist, right? Uh, and one of the reasons why I actually joined Tanium was it, w- it was really one of the first companies I'd encountered uh, that weren't working on just making an incremental improvement to edge case or existing technologies, uh, but our founders were really interested in solving some very complicated but basic challenges that no one really addressed before, right? And that's this, um, that's simply, you know, how to better address security hygiene in the marketplace by being able to bring um, increased scale, uh, a single platform with simplification um, to the marketplace. Well, certainly uh, one of the major themes there uh, is scale and the challenge uh, that uh, large organizations and uh, agencies in particular have with more and more um, uh, points of contact and users on the system and just keeping up with uh, all of that demand. But let's talk a little bit about, can you you talk about uh, how cybersecurity hygiene practices have made maybe a meaningful impact on agency operations or their overall posture that that you've seen uh, in practical terms? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give a very simple example, and uh, and I'll start off when I when I first entered the industry. My, one of my first jobs was as a penetration tester, and and what that is is basically a hacker that's been hired to break into an organization's security to be able to test it. And, and I'll be honest, I wasn't a very good penetration tester, uh, but in general, it never took me more than a few weeks to completely compromise many of the organizations or targets that I had. And my, my targets involved various industries: the financial industry. Uh, defense contractors, um, federal and state government. Uh, So really a number of different targets. And I was always very surprised that I was able to break into these organizations. And the techniques that I used weren't very sophisticated at all. They they relied on taking advantage of gaps in security hygiene. Um, Very similar to how really attackers continue to operate today. Um, They're not really, although there are a few examples here and there of more advanced tactics, generally they're using the simplest uh, means available to be able to break into an organization. There's no reason to expose their more secretive or more valuable trade graph if they don't have to. Um, wh- one of the methods I used to use to break into organizations was to look for insecure services or applications. And these are basically software that's been installed and forgotten about in most cases. And these applications are, are usually out of date or configured in an insecure manner, which I then utilize to gain access to those computers. And, you know, my customers at the time, you know, many of them large organizations dealing with tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of computers just didn't have the ability to assess or understand what applications, what software existed on their endpoints, on their computers. Uh, That effort could take weeks or months uh, if they were able to do it. In one particular case, we're working with an agency where it just wasn't possible in a 30-day window. And so we're working with a number of companies now and where I've seen this uh, really pay dividends is, you know, some of the larger state and federal agencies where we can enable them for the first time to actually be able to pull this data back in seconds. Uh, real-time information on applications and software that exist in their environments. Again, something that seems very simple is actually very difficult for these organizations. And when they're able to finally get that information, it's an eye-opener for these agencies. And they're really excited to be able to finally have that ability to obtain and then act on that information. 
Um, so just the simple act of being able to do software inventorying, right? Again, basic security hygiene principle is a huge benefit, not only from a security perspective, but also think about the um, cost savings you can achieve through license management effectively as well. Well, I think um, many uh, agency CIOs and CISOs would all agree uh, those would be important um, uh, capabilities. Uh, and at the same time, I think uh, you're mindful of uh, not everyone has the budgets they'd like to have to get started doing everything they'd like to do. Can you offer a few tips on what um, uh, CXOs in general should focus on to get started uh, to achieve more tangible uh, benefits by uh, improving cybersecurity hygiene? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, there's a ton of standards that exist out there today, and I, I don't want to rehash them. DHS has some really great guidance on a number of, of very tactical things that can be done to drastically improve security hygiene. And in this and others, uh, SANS published great material as well. Uh, the way I like to speak to this generally is to talk about metrics. And I like metrics because it's not necessarily telling organizations what to do or how to do it, but it gives them a sense for how to measure something over time and how to track their improvements, which I honestly think is something we, we don't have uh, very great, most organizations don't have access to or haven't implemented correctly. Uh, in working with a lot of my peers and, and some of the leading companies in this area, there are probably a few metrics that you'd want to check out. And I'll list five. There's obviously a lot more that you'd want to investigate. But the, the five that I recommend looking into are what I call universally important. And they give a sense um, for issues with security hygiene in an organization and allow you to track improvements in those areas. Uh, the first one is the ratio of managed to unmanaged assets. And we talked about it before, the importance of knowing what's on your network. And being able to track this number over time really un and understand um, that your risk is decreasing as the number of these unmanaged assets decreases across the organization. Uh, really the known knowns versus the unknown, uh, the known unknowns, I guess you could say, in your organization. Uh, mean time to patch is, a, is another one. Uh, simply put, it's how long does it take to patch critical vulnerabilities in environments. So most organizations track the number of vulnerabilities or number of patches that are missing. Not really that valuable because the number of patches can increase or decrease based on any particular month. Um, but the time it takes to patch something that's critical is incredibly important because that signifies your risk and how long you're exposed to an immediate attack. Um, so that's a great measure as well. Uh, mean time to resolve an incident or mean time to remediation, uh, there's a number of different names for this statistic, but it's basically a measure of how long it takes from the start of an incident to the close of an incident. Um, if you look at some of the standard statistics in the industry, a lot of organizations, it takes months before they detect an attack and remediate it. Um, the best organizations in this area, and I was talking to a very large retailer the other day, are doing this in under an hour. And that really gives you a sense for what your risk is because the longer a breach lasts, uh, the, the more extended your costs and the larger the breach will generally be. So that, that's another indication of risk. Um, the percentage of systems that are compliant with your defined standards is also a great one to measure regulatory compliance, but also to ensure that you don't have configuration drift over time. Uh, this isn't easy to measure, but it's, it's a fantastic metric to understand whether or not your systems, once deployed, are maintained in a secure state. And then uh, the final one I'd recommend is more around social engineering. And, and one of the items I think a lot of CXOs enjoy doing, uh, find it useful, is um, testing their organization's security awareness by sending out uh, basically test phishing emails. 
and measuring how many individuals in the organization click on those emails. And so um, measuring the, the number of um, individuals that click on those phishing emails is a great statistic to measure your improvement in social engineering or security awareness over time. So those are the five, that would, five I would really start with that can really help to make an impact with sec improving security hygiene and provide you with a measurement. These are great metrics for reporting to leadership or your board as well, and it's, it's something that's um, static and measurable over time. Um, so yeah, those are, those are some great ones to start with. They are, and uh, I appreciate your stressing the importance that those metrics are ones that uh, can be uh, uh, relevant right up to top management, uh, not just the IT team. So uh, appreciate your suggesting all of those uh, and um, just uh, some of the other uh, points that you had to make today. So uh, David D'Amato, uh, Chief Security Officer at Tanium, uh, thanks for being with us. You can hear more about uh, our cybersecurity coverage and uh, our government IT podcast on statescoop.com. This is why I can your host. Thanks for being with us.